Welcome to Pushing Through. I am Tate Frazier, and as always, I am joined by the kid, BJ Armstrong. And today, we have a very special guest. BJ calls him the teacher. He is a three-time NBA champion as a player for your Chicago Bulls. He, of course, is Bill Cartwright. We are very excited. Thank you for coming on the show. Well, thank you. I am very, very pleased to be here. Bill, it's so great to see you. This is This is my mentor. This is... This is like my knowledge of wisdom. Give me more wisdom, Bill. How you doing? How's the family? How's everyone? And uh, so great to see you. I wish we were together, but you know, I'll, I'll take a Zoom call right now. You know, you, you know what's really amazing. You're giving me a lot of energy because as I'm looking at you behind you, who do I see? I see a number thirteen and a number thirty-three. Now that gives me a lot of juice right there. Mm. Just right there. I know you're doing the right thing. <laughs> Bill, you know, I've always had an affinity for the bigs. You know, everyone else, you know, Bill Bill will tell you, you know, why everyone else, you know, was trying to shoot threes, I would always peek my head down there at the bigs. So, you know, Kareem. I got Wilt, and then you can't see on the other side there. I got Bill Russell. So these are my three guys. I've always had a affinity for bit for the Bigs, and uh, you know, Bill, you played against this guy right here. What did that sky hook really look like in person? I, I, I'll tell you what. When I first played against him, when I was a rookie uh, in 1980, I got to tell you, he killed me. He killed me. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm trying to guard him. I got to take the hook away. You take a hook away, I got to dunk. <laughs> Uh, I was a terrible defender, and it, it took me a couple times to, to to learn how to play against him, to trick him a little bit. Uh, luckily, he was getting older, but the other guy could still score thirty. So, uh, but uh, but I ended up getting him in the end, though. So, uh, but he was he was a problem. And you know, the difference with Cream is that Cream is heavier than you think, right? Because his legs were really strong. Great legs, great base, and uh, and 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 great touch. So that was mm. that was that was a problem. Luckily, I I missed Will. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but at the end of my career, I did uh, uh, run into Shaq, and uh, and I always and I always tease Shaq because I said, Shaq, you know what happened the first time we played against you? He says, No, bro, I don't know what happened. <laughs> I said, I, I took a flagrant on you. <laughs> and then the next time you got volume, wipe me out with your left hand. <laughs> and, 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 and Mr. Bill, you mentioned all those guys, uh, all the bigs that you played, all the legends that are there. But then just for your career, I mean, your first year you come into the league, you go to San Francisco, and then you're, you're an all-star as a rookie. You're in New York, and then you see Patrick Ewing, he comes to the Knicks while you're there. You also see Akeem Olajuwon. You were, you know, you were the guy that had to guard these guys when you played for the Chicago Bulls because that was a very pivotal position. So that era of the bigs, I mean, what was it like now reflecting back and just seeing all the legends that you went up against and obviously starred against? Well, it, it started earlier. My first game was against uh, Daryl Dawkins. Wow. And, and people yeah. got to pass up Daryl. I got to tell you, this dude was a beast. Right. He was mm -hmm. a beast of a man. It was thick, and uh, luckily he wasn't mean. Because uh, <laughs> if he was, he would have killed somebody. <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, but think about this: when I was playing, uh, Dave Cowles was still there. 
Yeah. Uh, Bob O'Neill was still there. As BJ knows, he, yeah. he was a problem. Yeah, the Dabble. Art, Artist Gilmore, he's a problem. Mm, the A-Train. <laughs> right? And then we had other guys like uh, uh, Dan Issel. Right. Those guys, those guys are tricky, and they played against Alvin Adams, Clifford Ray. Uh, it's funny when I played my first game against played against the Warriors. Clifford Ray was a starting center and the backup center, Robert Parrish. No, wow, yes, no. <laughs> yes, yes, and and I'll tell you why. And he should have been the backup because he was angry then. <laughs> he was really angry. So when he came off the bench, he was firing. <laughs> and, and, and I always tease Robert because I said, Robert, you know, you're the first guy when I came to the NBA, take a swing at me. <laughs> Did he really? <laughs> he took a swing at me. <laughs> <laughs> Not the chief. I mean, he's the nicest man. I can't no, see. <laughs> he is wonderful. But I got I to tell you that chief was angry. He's coming off the bench. So... He, um, I remember this perfectly. Shot went up, and he hit, and he like elbowed me in the chest. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you know the deal. It's like, okay. So next time up the floor, shot went up, bam, I bowed him, good. So then squared off, took a swing at me. Now he's about ten feet from me, and I'm like, what is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> so as you know what happens you square off everything's fine you get back to playing <laughs> but uh it was it was really amazing to see him and Golden State then and then to see him uh play for the Celtics because he's a completely different guy he's passing the ball mm. moving it uh but yeah very very angry you know Bill <laughs> I, I want to touch on your career because when I came to you when I came and play with you in 89, you had, you know, you had well established your career prior to that in New York. But Bill, tell me about your transition into the NBA and going to a place like New York and what the problems playing for Hubie Brown, <laughs> what was that like for you for a young man, you know, you're a West Coast guy and all of a sudden they drop you off in New York City and say, good luck. What, 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 what was that like for you? Well, just going to um, the East Coast, I mean, it was kind of a, uh, um, it was something that, it, you know, it could have been more of a culture shock if I wasn't playing so much basketball. But, uh, you know, you get there and you're in New York City. Uh, my coach is Red Holzman. Uh, my teammates, uh, who was a starting center at that time, Marvin Webster. Oh, hmm. I was on the same team with, uh, I look around, Earlman Rose there. Wow. Oh, you played and, with Earl? Did you play with Earl for a year or two? I sure did. Earl Earl wow. was there. Earl's a great guy. And I was young. I was a rookie. So um, you know, I I I felt like I was ready to go, ready to play. Trading camp the uh, then was not too pleasant. Uh you did double <laughs> days for a month and then and then you play. So at that point in time I was just ready to rock and roll, ready to play. Marvin Webster got sick that year. So think about that, baby. I was second in the league in minutes that year. Really? So I, I had an opportunity to play, play a lot. Uh, Red, I, I love playing with him. 
I played with some uh, interesting guards at uh, uh, with uh, Michael Ray Richardson and, I and love Ray him. Williams. I love him. the Sugar Man. I love the I love uh, you play you play with the Sugar Man. And... Yeah, yeah, and I gotta tell you, those guys. I tell you what, those guys are great athletes at that time. They were young. You could not throw a ball over their head if you, you had transition. Mm. They chase it down. Um, and you know, it was, it was, it was, it was a great, it was a great lesson because to be able to play with red, red's like, you know, men should be men and you just play and do what you believe is best. So after a, a few years, uh, they make the change and we get UB Brown. Right. Uh, UB is the opposite. He's going <laughs> to tell you exactly. This is where I want you. He's going to give you a game. And it was it was a great lesson for me because, um, you know, we we ended up getting Bernard King. So if you if you can imagine, this is that time where they had those zones offenses, right? So you could not stand in the lane defensively. So I was out at the three point line when they were trying to get Bernard the ball, and I'm like, what the hell am I doing out here? <laughs> so. Um, it was it was a really interesting time, and um, I, I I liked UB because I really understood him. Uh, you know, you could do and say anything you wanted to him. I mean, now he was going to bark at you, but he's one of the few coaches that you could bark back at. He's, he he did he kind of liked it, I think. <laughs> so um, that year, though, I. Um, uh, after missing, after playing two straight years, not missing a game, uh, I can remember working out during the summer, and I stepped on a, a, a little rock. And instead of being smart and taking some time off, um, I just, I wanted to work through it, and that little rock turned into the stress fracture. And uh, mm. so I ended up missing uh, a year and a half because the uh, – uh, I thought it had healed, uh, and then I came back for training camp. First day of training camp, I shot a hook, my foot broke, uh, and I was out. So I had a pin put in. So uh, missed a, missed an entire year. I was a little depressed, but BJ, you know what I did? I was depressed halfway through the year. I bought a new Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> that a boy, Bill. That a boy. That a boy. <laughs> I know. I know you'll appreciate that. Oh, so that, that that snapped me out of it, and uh, um, but but our entire New York team got hurt. I went, uh, and then we got uh, we got Bob Hill for a few games after UB got let go, and then we got uh, Tricky Ricky Patino. Uh, uh, oh, right, that's right, mm. that's right. And uh, that that was an interesting challenge, right? So uh, you know, but but I was even older then. And I was probably 30. <laughs> so we had guys like myself, Rick Carlisle, Louis Orr, Trent Tucker, and uh, that's when Patrick Ewing was there, Kenny Walker, Mark Jackson, the young guys. And Rick's trying to press. Uh, we're losing games. Um, but in the nine years I was in New York, I, I really learned. I learned a lot of lessons of the coaches that I had. Each coach had a different belief, a different style of play. 
I had to adapt myself to that style of play. And then to be able to handle the fact that uh, the play of the New York media, which is always a pleasure, <laughs> uh, your your face could be the back of a post, uh, a post good or bad. Uh, either we love him or get his get him his ass out of here. Uh, we love the New York media here, Bill. We love the New York media here. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, it just it just really made me. Uh, understand who I was. And uh, I was really hardened by the fact that, um, you know, I wasn't going to go by what anybody else thought of myself and what I believed and uh, found out who I wanted to be as a player. And uh, then with the grace of God, I ended up getting a phone call from Jerry Cross when I was in Hawaii, me and my wife. Uh, <laughs> I said, hey, come <laughs> Come to Chicago. You just got traded. <laughs> so I was, I was very, very pleased to have that happen. Yeah, and we'll pick it up right there because that was uh, the big trade right in 1990 or 1988. And, uh, you know, Charles Oakley goes to New York. You know, the Knicks fans, they all know about what, what Oakley is able to bring for the next decade. But then you go to the Chicago Bulls and BJ calls you the teacher and those lessons that you learned those nine years you were able to impart wisdom to that Bulls team and and obviously play a very pivotal role there uh, you know with the Bulls throughout that that first three-peat that they have what were those lessons that you took to that Bulls team uh, if you have any in particular that really stood out that that made a difference there with Michael and obviously with Scotty and then BJ and the rest of those guys well what, what I really learned there was that um, you know we had some special people there mm. and um i was just really very fortunate to have an opportunity to play with a bunch of guys who were that talented um uh, this is how this is how i kind of viewed it then and how i really viewed it now because we, mm. we were with a special group of people and we didn't know how special right uh we we had a really motivated gm who was special I think that we had a uh, really motivated coaches and ended up getting Phil Jackson in their system, who was special. Uh, I spent an inordinate amount of time, and I don't know if you did too, with Al Vermeil. Right. And I can still remember Al Vermeil. Al Vermeil was teaching me running drills. <laughs> right. I'm 32 years old. I didn't know there was how to run. We're doing running drills, right? We're doing cleans and snatches. I'm like, really? <laughs> so just that kind of training, I mean, to me, that was special. It was like, wow, this is uh, this is really special. And, and I really learned a lot from that kind of training that to be able to build an athlete. Um, so I was just, I, I just was so fortunate to be part of an organization that had special people in it. And we happen to have the best player in the league. Right. Mm. So, I mean, think about it. Great GM, great coaches, great starters, great bench. And I call them second group of starters, which is what they were. Right. Because when that second group went in, we not only maintained the league, we extended it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it was like, it was like, man, this is a really special time. This is a really special group. And I've really grew to appreciate that. Mm. And uh, so um, to be a part of that, to see it, 
uh, was, um, I don't know, that that's never going to happen again, I don't think. All right, quick break to get a word from our sponsor, Nitza. I know you've heard these before. I'm not going very far. I'm in a rush. It's too uncomfortable. Sometimes I just forget. Don't kid yourself, though. There's no such thing as a good excuse for not buckling up. If you used any of these excuses or any others, you're putting yourself at risk of injury or death. In 2018, nearly 10,000 people were unbuckled when they were killed in crashes. That's 43% of people killed in motor vehicle crashes that were not wearing seatbelts. No matter what kind of vehicle you drive, wearing your seatbelt is the best defense in a crash. Even when you sit in the backseat, you still need to buckle up. That goes for when you ride in taxis and use ride-sharing services, too. Cops are on the lookout and writing tickets, so why take the risk? Seatbelts save lives, so do the smart thing and buckle up every trip, day or night. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. You know, you know, Bill, so much is written, and deservingly so, about Michael and Phil Jackson and Scottie Pippen. But I I want to say it here for all of us who were in that locker room. You know, Bill, you in particular, I always felt you were the you were the heart and soul of our of our group because you didn't say much. But you had so much to say, and Mm. I don't think you got enough credit for the stability of your leadership and what you meant to that team and. I just wanted to know, I always wanted to know, and there was always a respect that I had for you playing alongside you for all those years, but you took your job, you were like a a professional, you were like a pro's pro. And I just want to know, Bill, how did that develop your professionalism? Because you, you always knew what to say at the right time. You always gave the team what it needed. And I don't think you get enough credit for the, the internal leadership and what you did for that group because you were really a stabilizing factor for us in so many ways. And all of us who were in that locker room appreciated, but you know, people, you know, the casual fan just didn't really understand what you brought to the group. What, where did that come from, Bill? And, and how did you develop that? The main things that I would say is what I'd say, I would say what I believed. And I think that a lot of times when you're in a group, especially if you're younger, especially if you are not a starter, especially if you're not the star, you don't feel like you can say that, but you can. And I think that as that was put out there, that that, that I think what people have really appreciated. And now look, for me, I'm just like you. I'm a product of my, of my, my parents. I'm a product mm-hmm. of my coaches. Like my dad was a farm laborer. We got, you were up, uh, and, and it's funny when people tell them, you know, when I was a kid, well, what'd you do as a kid? Well, I picked tomatoes. <laughs> I was hauling sugar beet fields. I was driving a tractor when I was 10 years old. So, um, you know, you, you had to work and it was, and you had to be part of a team. So, um, you know, I, I had a big family. I had six sisters, no brothers, which, you know, was, was good <laughs> and bad. It was a nightmare, <laughs> but, uh, but we all worked together really, really well, and everybody got appreciated for what they did well. And to me, that's what a team is all about. And um, luckily, you know, like you, high school, college, I'm not sure why, but we're really lucky to have great people in our lives, let alone our parents, coaches, right. to talk about team, 
to talk about what's important, what's really important. Uh, and I've always felt that unless you're playing golf, unless you're swimming or doing some other kind of uh, individual sport, it's all about the team first. So if, if, um, if you see a guy try to put himself ahead of the team, you're like, hey, dude, we're going to give you a solo every now and then, but you, you got to play with us. Mm. Mm. So, uh, but, I, but I've always felt that way. And, I, and I'm sure you, you've had situations where, like even in high school, college, or when I came into the league, where the veteran guy, he would speak. And it didn't matter. If, if the coach wasn't doing right, he would speak up and say, hey, look, coach, come on. That ain't right. So, um, and I, I, I think you never get in trouble when you speak the truth. And, it, and isn't it funny that everybody knows? It's like, <laughs> it's like, hey, you, you know what somebody's not doing, right? <laughs> you know what somebody's not saying the right thing? So, uh, to me, it's not that tricky. But that's, that's, that's how I grew up. And, and you mentioned, uh, you know, how special it was after the fact as you reflected back. But at the moment, you know, you guys may not have realized how special it was. It was just you kind of were doing your job, doing your day-to-day routine, just playing the game of basketball that you love. But then ESPN makes a, a feature, you know, 10-part documentary called The Last Dance where everyone reflects back on those moments and that time. And everyone tells you how special it is. And they ask about those moments how has that been? I know BJ, obviously, I, I'm here with BJ. We talk a lot about it. So he always finds it very weird, very odd. He's like, I don't want to watch highlights of myself. But for you, reflecting back, what is it like on those Bulls teams and just that that period of time in general for basketball? Well, I don't, I don't really like watching myself, but I do. <laughs> um, I do love – it's more in how I would view it. So mm-hmm. – and, and I think what the uh, what, what a lot of my teammates, I think BJ and I are similar, that we can find humor in it because we know ultimately <laughs> that, you know, we did win championships. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be a part of the first three championships and part of the last two championships. So out of the six rings, I got five of them. Uh, yep. So anything that happens in there, uh, I, I view that as a positive. There's... I mean, people are walking around with championship rings, and it's and of course you're going to have obstacles. Hey, you guys, you guys had obstacles. Oh, hey, what a surprise! So it's, uh, I think, what upset people the most is all the turmoil that was supposedly happening. Uh, I find it, I found it amusing. Uh, I did see all the turmoil. I think it's amusing when uh, guys are playing golf, they're smoking cigars during the playoffs like it's normal. And they're drinking like it's normal. I know BJ doesn't drink. He and I were drinking during the playoffs. Wait a minute. Uh, I was drinking, Bill. Or you weren't drinking in the playoffs? <laughs> what is going on? So, you know, I just found a lot of humor in, in, in a lot of this stuff that was happening that was supposed to be turmoil. I didn't eat any pizza at two in the morning. I was sleeping. A person who's not sleeping at two in the morning gets a badass pizza. So I don't know. All those things, I don't know. I I, I didn't have those problems. 
<laughs> I guess that's supposed to be normal. I don't know, but uh, I don't think so. <laughs> so, you know, for me, uh, that was really a special time. And, you know, I was really fortunate uh, that uh, I had a lot of friends. Uh, I remember when we won our first championship, my high school coach was at the game. Spent that time mm. with them. Uh, spent a lot of time with my with my wife. And uh, uh, so just to have that, I can't. I can't view that in a negative way. It's all positive. Well, Phil, there was yeah. a lot going on. I mean, you watched the last dance like I did. I mean, I mean, yeah. Phil, I, just, you, you, you were talking. You and I were talking earlier. People don't really know this about you. You're really funny, and you have a you have a real you have a wicked mm -hmm. sense of humor. But the last dance was pretty funny, right, Phil? Yeah, it was nonsense. Just sheer <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> And it's uh, and and to me, and, and think about this because I had we're in Chicago. We had a lot of teammates, right? And to have a handful of teammates being represented on this last dance uh, is is preposterous. So and then and then to me to have you know our best player uh, after we win, basically he takes off, right? And now you take off during the summer to come right before the season started. <laughs> and then you know you know better than I because uh, uh, you and he are, are, are close and they speak. He's playing baseball. <laughs> oh, and we're talking last dance. He's worried about that. How about winning the fourth championship in a row? <laughs> that could have happened, but no, let's go play some baseball. <laughs> that makes sense. Those are the questions that we should ask. What the hell are you thinking about? Well, there you have it. <laughs> Phil, That's I didn't the know real you, last All dance. these years, I didn't know you felt this way. I mean. <laughs> oh, it's just nonsense. And look, look, to me, as you know, you can do what you want to do. You can do what you, anything you want to do. But that is nonsense. <laughs> to come back later and worry about, oh, hey, you're blowing my legacy. You blew your own legacy. Who's <laughs> how many championships you could have won in a row? <laughs> Out of here. Oh, man, I already know. I already know I'm going to be getting a call from Michael as he hears this. <laughs> Give me Bill's number. <laughs> Give me Bill's number. He, he, he can have my number. And by the way... <laughs> What the hell did happen? <laughs> Everybody wants to know. I'm sure Horace wants to know. Everybody wants to know. But uh, but my point is is that at that time, the '90s special probably never happened again, and that's mm. what should be acknowledged right. from all that stuff that happened. Mm. Um, it was a great time. We had special people. Um, I miss it. Um, but it was great. It was great days. Mm. And, and it, is it cool now to just see, you know, here we are in 2020 and, you know, we have guys that are coming into the league and guys that watch that documentary. And then, you know, people that have pointed out that they looked up to certain, you know, 
you know, players from your era and, you know, just like a BJ or yourself or whoever it may be. Is it fun to see the game of basketball in the place that it is? It's obviously such an international sport now, and the dream team had a lot to do with that, going to Barcelona and spreading the game. Um, so the, the game has blossomed and changed so much over the years. So it, it, is it interesting to see how far it's, go, it's grown just from the time that you were playing back in, you know, the 80s and 90s? Well, basketball's got to change. It's going to change styles, um, which, of course, you know, no big guys like it now, but uh, but it is what it is. But I, but yeah, you do appreciate the international part of it. You do appreciate the fact that people have great interests in it. Um, we have our stars now. We have our we have our great teams now. Um, so it's uh, it's 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 a great time in in the NBA. Hopefully, with this. Uh, this virus and this thing uh, going on right now, it can get back to where it was. But mm. uh, because, look, and it was funny because I was talking to um, some friends of mine uh, yesterday. The fact that uh, athletes today are just are, they're just better because the training's better, the food's better, the facilities are better. Um, we didn't have a training facility at ED. Uh, there was no, uh, there was no chartered flights. Mm. Um, so that meant that after the game, you stayed over, you took the first flight out. Uh, our per diem, BJ, our per diem, <laughs> when I got in the league, <laughs> was $15. $15. We <laughs> were eating at Denny's. <laughs> My favorite meal at Denny's was a Superbird special. <laughs> right? Okay. So, you know, if we stayed at a nice hotel, we stayed at the Marriott. Yeah, that's right. I remember so those, days, those, those were just different days. And now these guys are at the Ritz. Um, they got chartered flights. Uh, everything is, uh, they got, uh, you know, our rookies, and I remember this, used to have to carry bags. You're right. Mm. Yeah, carry the hotel bags. Our, our, our trainer, I think, uh, carried ice bags and a STEM machine. <laughs> and some aspirin, that's all you had. <laughs> I remember that. You, you got hurt back then, just grab some ice. <laughs> that's, what he, that's all he even said. <laughs> or if it got really bad, use that STEM machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, just, it was just different times. So... Um, you know, it's 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 a beautiful thing to be an athlete now. It's a beautiful thing to uh, to be able to watch those guys and uh, watch how those guys train because athletically they're off the charts. Yep. Yeah. Uh, bigger, faster, stronger. They're just better. Uh, I just like to think we're better players. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. you're allowed to think anything you want to, do, anything you want, <laughs> and and no one here is going to stop you. No one here is going to stop you. <laughs> Absolutely and, not. Absolutely not. Bill, I, I just, you know what? It's, I, I, I think the world of you, and uh, <laughs> people always ask me all the time, who is the most influential person in my career? And I always say you, for what you've done for me and showing this young kid when I first came in the league. And uh, thank you so much. I wish we had more time because there's so many things yep. I want to ask you and, and get to. <laughs> So, will you promise me that you'll come back? <laughs> oh, come yeah. Back and get, we'll, come back. We'll definitely come back. Come back, share some stories. I didn't know you felt this way uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> about, you know, about the game. 
but it's uh, it's all in humor and and uh yeah so now look now look all of this stuff and, uh, and you should know i have a great appreciation for you and just the fact that your work ethic i thought was was excellent you came back every single year uh better better and better in every year and uh, uh i think the big thing about you is that in all situations um you always made the shot. You always <laughs> made the free throw. Uh, so I, I had a deep appreciation for that. I thought that you, you were really, really good uh, NBA player. Uh, so, um, you know, like I said, I'm, I was really blessed. I was blessed to be able to play as long as I did. Uh, I, was, I was very, very fortunate to be in a situation I was in. Um, and... Um, so I, I just appreciated everything about being in the league. Uh, and thank you, thank you for having me on. Oh, thank I appreciate you. it. Hey, and, Bill, uh, you know what I always wanted. You know what I always wanted to ask you. I always wanted you to give me a pair of your New Balance sneakers because you were the only mm. you and James Worthy were the only two guys that I knew that were New Balance sneakers balance. as a kid. And now Kawhi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't, can you give me a pair of sneakers? Can you call New Balance and somebody else? I need a pair. Hey, Phil, and you know what, Phil? You know what else? You know what else, Phil, you used to do? You used to wear every now and then, you used to sneak in the three-quarter New Balance sneakers in the 90s. That was pretty yeah. powerful stuff. That was yeah. pretty powerful. You know, when the big fella wanted to, he's a little perky, he would put on the three-quarters. I was yeah. like, okay, the big fella's feeling good right now. He's got some speed going on tonight. He's got some speed going on tonight, you know? <laughs> Phil, I, you know, I never told you that, but I just wanted to share that with you. When you would put on the three-quarters, I go, okay, the big fella's feeling real good right now, you know? <laughs> I just want you to know that, Phil. You know that I, I saw you, big fella. I saw 